Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. It's Wednesday, February 17th. It's the Ohioan. I got Craig here with me. My brain had work responsibility, so he took the day off. He should be back tomorrow. Craig, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Just trying to stay warm and stay shoveled out of the uh, foot of snow that we got. Yeah, holy crap. I mean, it did not snow a lot yesterday, but I'm still seeing I took a look at my road in front of my house today, and it's still covered, so... It's going to be interesting, at least for my wife and kids. Are we having school today? I guess we'll find that out maybe before the hour. I know a a country is awaiting on if if my wife's school will be in session today. So, yeah, busy day. Uh, Lots to talk about. Um, We usually do this at the beginning. Uh, Some promos. Uh, The great Tyler Buchanan. Uh, We had an interview with him today. And, man, if I told you we were talking about census data – you know, you and 99% of our audience would be like, who cares? But, you know, Tyler did a really good job of talking about there's a delay in census data and how that's going to affect the elections uh, because they're redistricting, uh, you know, Craig. They're doing it in the U.S. level and the Ohio level. And, man, if you listen to our talks of Tyler and Rachel Coyle, the state house they have a billion things to do this year. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to get everything done, plus the fact they're also dealing with COVID. So, I got to say, it's a good time to be Ohio State House reporter. There's so much to cover. Uh, and Tyler did a good job of explaining why this is important. And so, yeah, we've got that. Um, if you missed it yesterday, uh, we had a Steelers podcast where uh, me, Paul, and Joe goofed off about the Steelers. And we are announcing also, too, we are starting a movie club. I'm not sure how this is going to work, Craig, because we're going to try to talk about a movie in a half hour, which is very hard. Um we're starting out with the great Titanic 2 that came out 10 years ago. Craig, were you aware of a Titanic 2? Uh, I don't believe I was. No, I, I have to say I'm not aware of the Titanic 2. I will send you a link. A very low budget, as you may have guessed. Yeah, we have. Um, kind of a... Uh, there was a tsunami. I, I guess they were like, hey, we got to make another Titanic, you know. You know, hey, we're going to build a bigger one. But a tsunami came, and uh, the Titanic 2 had a bad fate. And, you know, just kind of talking about what happened there. Um, Joe, one of our co-hosts, messaged me all day yesterday. He was watching it. 
and he had lots to say about how horrible the movie was and how terrible it was. I'm like, that's why we picked it. We got to pick terrible movies. So I, I'm going to have a blog post up soon. I want everyone to be able to experience it. Um, again, going to be limited on time. I know a lot of people might want to be on the podcast, but uh, we're going to be limited. But we had a feature on our podcast, and we haven't talked about that much, Craig. You could do it here, where if you go to our anchor page, you can click message. You can leave us a voice message. So, hey, do that for our show here. Definitely do that for Titanic 2, and we'll let you know more about it. So go to our anchor page. Um, there's a link. If you go to subscribe now, click on that. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a voicemail. Leave a voicemail for me, Craig, uh, Titan 2, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, another great way of contributing to the show. Um, sponsors, again, Chase Bank. Um, it was funny. I was talking about another sponsor. We were talking about Dropbox yesterday, Craig, which is another sponsor. And Brandon said he had a bad experience with Dropbox. I'm like, <laughs> is there any sponsor you haven't had a bad experience with? So, um, I, I'm getting to a point where I'm having a hard time looking at um, Brandon when we talk about sponsors because he starts <laughs> laughing and it becomes horrible. But yeah, yeah, check out our sponsor, Chase Bank. Hey, nobody's perfect. You know, I can't tell you that 100% of the people in the world have had great experience with Chase, but I've had, and most people have. And you got to check out Chase. Uh, sign for account, uh, attach direct deposit to it, you'll get paid. Check out our sponsors from the Manly Man Company. Unique gifts for the guy in your life. Hey, the guy in your life has everything. So you got to find something unique. Uh, try out Manly Man, uh, Caribbean Apparel. Hey, if you want unique clothes, check them out. And, and Dropbox, that's another one that's out there that we want to spotlight. Um, I'm a little mad, Craig, on my laptop. I have a little uh, flash drive with stuff. I'm having a hard time accessing it. I got content that might be gone forever. It's frustrating. Well, I got to follow my own advice here on this ad. Um, Dropbox. They got nice, easy subscription plans. Put on the cloud. It's safe. It's secure. And you don't have to worry about your dumb thumb drives, you know, crapping on you. So. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, well we got to talk some news, Craig. We can't do 45 minutes of uh, plain advertising. So I wanted to briefly mention, I, I warned Craig, because we can COVID ourselves out. But there's some more news happening with COVID. Um, you know, more Ohio State House people are, are trying to say, hey, we need to have the right to rescind some of these health orders by Mike DeWine. Uh, there's more talk yesterday about, and, you know, Craig did a great job of talking about the other day about, you know, Mike DeWine's a little bit of his frustration with schools saying, hey, you haven't met this March 1st deadline and you're taking the vaccines. I may have to take vaccines away from future schools. So, there's more talk about that, and Craig, feel free to let me know if you have any particular thoughts on those, but I want to make an overall general point. I think we've lost patience on COVID. We want COVID to be done now. I mean, man, Craig, wouldn't it be great if we, and, and I hope that day is coming soon. It won't be today or tomorrow, but wouldn't it be great to start the show and say, holy crap, COVID is neutralized wow, this is great. We can go to Indians game that's sold out. We can go to Ohio State sold out game. You know, we missed that. We can go to a, a concert. Man, I cannot wait for that day. That day's not happening now. Um, and I think we're losing track of that. And I think for the general public, we've lost track. I think we're seeing that even the governor's office. 
you, you saw some kind of unusual frustration coming from Mike DeWine over the weekend. How do we get that patience back? Because we're not patient people. I don't think we can get the patience back. I, I just feel like there's this COVID fatigue that certainly is real and it will be real for at least the rest of this year, I believe, because, I mean, we really don't know how the COVID vaccine is going to roll out and, and how effective it will be and how many people will get it. I know we've talked, what, somewhere in the 60% range, I think, is what we've heard for herd immunity. I don't I don't know that we can guarantee that we'll get 60% of the Ohio population to get the vaccine. And you know, even even more yet, I don't know if we'll get 60% of the country to want to get the vaccine. I hope so. I hope that I'm completely wrong in that. But, you know, I, I've seen quite a few people that say, no, I'm not getting the vaccine or I don't believe in vaccines or I don't trust the vaccine. So um, there's a little, those are the probably the biggest things that, I, that are on my mind are the nerves of will people actually get the vaccine? Because I kind of felt like because everybody was so frustrated last year, about you know the shutdowns and things like that that once the vaccine was available that almost everybody would get it but then you know i started doing stories on school districts and things like that where they say well we'll be happy if we get 50 percent of the people that want to get the vaccine and that kind of made me pause a little bit thinking well you know for all the people that complained about not being able to get back to a normal life this was the closest thing to get back to a normal life and some people are still saying no so I think the frustration maybe is just the, you know, the overall fatigue of, of not knowing what the future will hold or when we're going to get vaccines or when, you know, people that are in their 20s and 30s and 40s are going to be eligible and, you know, how long into the into the year that that may take because of the shortage of vaccines. So it's, it's a real problem and it's going to continue to be a real issue moving through the rest of this year, I would imagine. It's funny because... My wife's not a huge vaccine person, but she made the choice. She's a teacher. She got the opportunity to get <clears> the <throat> vaccine. She got her first dose a few weeks back. I think pretty soon she'll be able to get her second dose. And she kind of looked at it. We talked about it. And she's like, hey, I want to teach. This is how I teach. And not that she's 100% pro-vaccine. It's not like she's going on political speech tours. Um, she just says, look, it's a choice. And I think it's a choice everyone has to make. What frustrates me, and, and there's a general public out there, and again, we're not completely sold in the vaccine ourselves, but what do you do? And, you know, my wife was show, showing me last night on Facebook. She engages with, you know, somebody who was very anti-vaccine. And I'm almost telling her, why are you doing this? Like, she responded to, like, a, a thing going, you're not going to win these things. And I guess what frustrates me, and we're trying to be as honest as possible, um, I think it's a safe uh, what do you call it? Tactic to take it to the show is to say, hey, we want to be conservative, stay home, be careful, wear a mask. I don't think that's a crazy comment to make. I'll be honest with you. I'm not totally sure of the vaccine myself, but I'm looking at it and saying, like you just said, Craig, if we want to get back to any type of a normal life, and I don't think the normal life is going to come completely for a long time. Right. But <laughs> if, if we want to get to the point where we want to watch a concert, uh, one of my favorite bands, Switchfoot. I, I was listening to some of their music last night. And I'm like, man, this is good on, you know, recording. I want to see it live. Like, I, I had a YouTube show taped of them I was watching. And I'm like, man, I, I'd love to be back there to see them live. Well, if you want to see this band live or if you want to see your 
favorite team play live, or if you're missing the fact that you don't have full stadiums, we got to do something. And what frustrates me is if you want to get the vaccine, fine. I can't stop you. I'm not saying you have to. But don't just be throwing out BS information just to throw out BS information. You know, make your own choice, respect the choices of people around you. And I think that's what we're missing as a society. I mean, we, you know, Craig, you and your wife are talking. Hey, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, my family talks. Other families talk. Well, when you're throwing that in somebody else's face and chastising if they do or don't, that's where it becomes a problem. Uh, you missed yesterday, Craig. We talked about this guy who was yelling at people who wives don't wear makeup. Okay, well, hey, if you like your wife in makeup, yeah, that's your own personal choice. If you're at the bar with a buddy and, and you have a, a weird conversation about it, that's fine. But don't yell on social media about it. That's what becomes a problem. Or And don't be you know, sharing articles that you're not sure about. I mean, I've confronted some of these people before where I say, hey, where would you get your information from? Are you sure it's correct? <clears throat> well, I'm not sure if it's correct, but it's good to share. Right. Where have we come as a society? I mean... I know we're in social media. I know we're in a weird place. We're in a place where, you know, goofy guys go on way too early in the morning to do a podcast. I understand that our media has changed in 20 years. But why would you look back when you were a kid? You would get in trouble if you're just sharing BS stuff with your you know, friends or whatever or your family. Hey, tell the truth. And if you don't know if it's the truth, say, hey, look, I don't know if this is true. Here it is. Look out for yourself. It's like we've lost the basic dignity with social media and uh, some crap. Yeah, Sorry, a, no, no. It's just it's you know social media has opened up a you know this this wormhole of of false information and it's it's sad because especially for people like us in the journalism industry, you know, some people say, well, I'll just get the news from Facebook or I'll get it from Twitter or I'll get it from wherever, and it's like, well, you know. Most of the time, you can't trust what you're getting on Facebook because people are sharing links that, you know, people, people, whether it's, you know, whatever you're searching for, if you're searching for something, you're going to find it, which is to say, when you type something in, if you say, am I going to die on, w, on, on WebMD, it's going to tell you you're going to die because that's what the answer you want. You want that answer to be validated. So I know that's an extreme example, but that's how, you know, things work. Or if you type in, you know, what are my symptoms? And then all of a sudden it's like, you've got malaria or something, even though you don't have it because it, that, you know, you're, you're see, you're seeking an answer that validates your fear. And yeah. in a lot of the case with news, you're seeking an answer that validates your stance on a position on whether it's Trump or Biden or whatever it may be, Jim Jordan, it doesn't matter. You know, you're looking for answers that kind of validate the way you think already. And then when no matter where you see it from, if you see that first link that says so-and-so is the greatest uh, you know, politician ever, then it validates what you're thinking. And that's when people start sharing stories that just quite simply, are not true, or there's a lot of uh, inconsistencies in their, you know, reporting or whoever the, the writer of the story is. And to answer, because I'm sure, what Craig is saying is right, but I know there's some people out there beating their keyboard or headphones or however you're listening to this podcast going, bullcrap, there's all these bad stories you guys going after Trump. Well, in my opinion, the media reflects where society is at. And we, we've detailed this on past podcasts. Donald Trump's made a career out of antagonizing the media. He wants to fight with the media. 
It's not like he's sitting there going, oh, man, hopefully, you know, Demia doesn't bug me. You know, he calls me enemy of the people. I mean, he did that. He's fighting with me ever since he was a real sick guy in New York. So because of that, that's why you're seeing more investigations of Donald Trump and everything else. I mean, good night. Look at what happened January 6th. I don't know for sure what you know, part that Donald Trump had it. I know uh, from the news yesterday, there's going to be a commission. They're going to really look at it more, even after the failed <laughs> impeachment vote. But just look at this. I mean, the media can't turn a blind eye and say, oh, well, you know, I'm sure it was nothing. Hey, we investigate stuff. If it's Republican, Democrat, or anything else. So. Well, it's hard. I think people realize, have to realize this, too, that, you know, when when a politician or especially in this case the president speaks for months about how the election is going to be fraudulent what do people expect the media to write about what do people expect the media to talk about they expect them to talk about that and in regards to that whether it's true or not and how many times did the media have to report on stories about the election not being stolen or so on and so forth rather than you know really looking at other things that you know the president the former president had been doing whether it was policy related you know whatever it may have been domestic or abroad we didn't really have a lot of time to do that because every day it seemed like we had to write about some tweet that was you know needed to be debunked or whatever it may be so people need to realize that a lot of times you couldn't really write too much more about other things because it just seemed like every day there was a fire that needed to be, you know, put out or it needed to be, you know, fanned in, you know, in a positive way, whether it was good or, or bad. It just, you know, our job is to debunk and hold those powerful accountable. And if the president of the United States says something, then you should rest assured that the media is going to make sure that what he said is true. They did the same thing with Joe Biden during his debates on fact checking and things like that. So it, it's, you know, everybody's held to that standard. If you say something, if the mayor of Columbus says Columbus is the greatest city ever, I guarantee you the next day there's going to be stories about unemployment rates. There's going to be story about, you know, vacant buildings and, you know, crime and decrepit streets and things like that. So it's not that we hate anybody or that, you know, the media wants to point out the, the bad things in life. It's just we're trying just to analyze what's said. Yeah. We're just trying to we're just trying to analyze what people think and people say and, and we're trying to inform the public of you know of the information that's available just in case because there are some people that would say, Yeah, Columbus is the greatest city in the world. Well, it's not to say that we don't agree with Columbus being a great city, but there are some issues, you know. So I think people need to realize that too from our perspective. Well, and the pullback to curtain even further. Now you know, Craig and I work for Gannett. There, there's other companies out there. Gannett right now is the largest newspaper co company in the country. Well, I'm not analyzing either way. It, it is what it is. Craig and I both know this. Um, you know, the cost of newsprint, it, that's gone up. It costs a lot to produce your paper. There is a bigger profit margin if you subscribe online. So su subscribe online, support local businesses, you know, Fremont News Messenger, Columbus Dispatch, all of our other papers. Subscribe. Great deals. Jeez, Craig, it's like a buck for six months. I mean, why wouldn't you do right. that? I mean, it'd yeah. be insane. But, you know, in light of that, so as we evaluate what works and what doesn't work, we have to sit there and say, okay, are people searching for on Google? Are people clicking on the stories? Well, we all have Trump fatigue. We all have COVID fatigue. But right now, we're still yearning for that information. If we want that information, or if we're like, oh, man, here's another story, I better read it, click. People are clicking on that. 
And our business is driven by that because if nobody clicks on our stories, why would you spend money on a subscription? So, and you know, you have, we're responding to what society wants and needs, but we have to do it in a fair, objective, balanced way. And again, anybody out there saying, well, you're way too liberal. Sorry, the last four years, especially, we got to a play, place where anytime you have a populist president, you know, they're going to do things differently, which is going to attract the attention of the media. And, and, and I know we're starting mm-hmm. talking about COVID. Now we're talking about Trump. But getting back to the COVID part of it, I really think from a government side, from a general public side, and there's times where even as the media, we need to calm down a little bit. We just need to take a breath where, yes, there is a demand for information. We need updates each day for COVID, but it's going to take a while. And the other story, Craig, I shared with you, and we'll put this on our podcast page. Uh, there's a portal where you can easily find vaccination places in Ohio. That's going to be delayed for a couple of weeks. Now, does that mean our state government's horrible? No, it things take time. You know, we can't, and there's going to be delays. So, yeah, we want that to be up right away, but we can't expect and demand everything be done right away. My daughter was yelling at us the other day. She wants a slide. And we're like, okay, we'll take a look at maybe getting you a slide. Well, she wanted that night. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> snowing. It's 8 o'clock at night. We're not driving around finding a slide. We've got to look it up. We've got budget. But, you know, and that makes sense. It's common sense. It's logic. Right. But to the 8-year-old, they're like, no, I want the slide now. Put it back now. And that's right. how we are as a general public about COVID. Logic says, hey, it's going to take a while. Logic says there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. Mm-hmm. Logic says, hey, we got to mask up. We're still not masking up. But as a public, we're like, no, darn it, we want now. I mean, can we all go to the Indians game in April? Can we sell out? Well, and especially when we're seeing lower numbers, you know, reported yeah. each day, I think people start to think, okay, so now we're back on track. So let's open everything up and, and just, you know, be they fall into some difficulty with higher numbers, a spike in cases, much like we had last year where. We, we tamped it down in the spring, and then in the summer it was lower, and then all of a sudden back in the fall and the winter it explodes. So, you know, I think everybody, you know, you get that fatigue, and on top of that you get the excitement of seeing that we have thousands fewer cases each day compared to where we were, you know, a few months ago, and everybody gets excited about, okay, now we're going to be able to go to Indians games, we're going to be able to go to Buckeyes games, we're going to be able to go to movies, and we're going to be able to do whatever we want. Like, I want to go to the movies. I haven't been to the movies in at least a year now. Uh, you know, I want to go back to the movie theater. I love going to the movie theater, but I'm not going to go back to the movie theater just to risk, you know, my health and safety for anything. It doesn't matter what movie it is. Well, let's talk about the second story, because that kind of leads into it. Um, down here in, in Columbus, yeah, Columbus is a big part of this state. Obviously, you might be in Cincinnati or you know, Ashley Billy going, why do I care? I don't get down there that much. But let's apply this all over the state. Um, Columbus made some news yesterday. Polaris Fashion Place, which is probably one of the top three malls here in Columbus. They're missing payments, okay? And they're going to stay open. Uh, there's a lot of press releases going out yesterday saying, hey, the stores are okay. Don't worry about it. We're not closing down. But I, to me, this is... Um, evidence of, look, business is changing. Um, Businesses have struggled with COVID. Everything is different. And Craig, I I keep mentioning this. Even after COVID 
goes away. And I, again, honestly, if you're looking for prediction, I'm saying at least nine months, maybe a year, before COVID goes away, at least. could be longer. Don't quote me on it. But I think what's going to impact us for a couple of years is the effects from COVID. Even after COVID goes away, we're going to be like, dang, where, where did the store go? And the store is like, hey, you know, we just couldn't stay open. Um, big box retailers, which Polaris is, a lot of it's inside, they're struggling right now. And I got nothing against Polaris, honestly, Craig. I've got no reason right now to go to Polaris. I mean, no reason. Absolutely none. I can do my shopping online, everything else. The only chance with Easton, my daughter likes going there. My daughter likes going there, but she likes going up and down escalators and elevators and everything. And I, I told her, I said, hey, it ain't happening right now. We're not doing this during the pandemic. Um, so I'm wondering, I think we're going to see impact of this, not just at Players Mall here in Columbus. We're going to see this all over the state. And I think it's going to surprise some people. Not saying all the malls are closing or anything, but I think this is evidence of, we're going to look a little bit differently when we get out of this. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, looking at the story here from the dispatch, you know, the, the company lost $43 million from, you know, July to September quarter and, you know, revenue fell. It, it's It's got to be a struggle. And, you know, it's funny because we have up in this area, we have the Sandusky Mall, which is sort of the biggest mall locally. And that's actually undergoing renovations where they're kind of turning it into what Polaris and Easton are, which are, malls but yet they're kind of also divided into shopping centers where they're like more small plazas whereas the sandusky mall was one big giant enclosed structure now they're going into a different direction like what you would see in you know columbus area and toledo things like that but you know you, you wonder how that's going to develop you know develop because you've got a small dying kind of breed of mall that's trying to get back up with the times and you kind of wonder if it's going to be able to survive this influx of money that they're spending to renovate and to tear things down and to update things on top of just not having as many patrons visit the area because of the, the, the pandemic. And, you know, if Columbus is seeing that hit, you can rest assured that everybody else is too. And Easton, even before the pandemic hit, Easton Mall was still doing well. I'm not sure how they're doing exactly. I've been there that much since COVID, but you know, they've always told me when I've done stories about them and saying, Hey, we have to do it differently. If you go into Easton Mall, yeah, there's still big box retailers, but there's a Lego land. I mean, a little extra admission where you go in. There's a comedy club. There's a, uh, what else they got? Um, <laughs> there was Cosi had a big exhibit where you could go play at Cosi. Right. Uh, they had movie a, theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Wizard of Oz. It was weird. It was a traveling exhibit where they had, it was like little things that kids could play in. And my daughter loved it. She got mad when, you know, they were only there for like three months. But Easton's like, hey, we're, we got to do more of this. Right. And if you look at it, I mean, a lot more of Easton anymore is open air. Um, and, you know, I, I, I got to figure out that's how Easton has to do it. You're seeing players do that a little bit more, definitely not to the point where Easton's at. But, I mean, that, that's the only way they're going to stay relevant. And, you know, we've seen this in the journalism industry. Um, you know, I know some people are like, man, why does Gannett own all these papers? Well, it's to keep papers alive and solve it. And you might sit there and say, oh, well, that stinks. But, you know, sometimes sharing news makes everything better. So, again, I, I look back, and I'm not an Amy Acton disciple. 
But I keep thinking back to what Amy Atkins said when this whole COVID thing first started and said, hey, this is going to be horrible. Stay safe. Let's get around after this. But she's like, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen after COVID. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're like, uh-oh, what's she saying? No, I think what she's saying is how can we live our lives a little bit better? Like a telemedicine like we don't have to always go to places. We don't, and I know it stinks if you own the mall or if you're working the mall. But I think as a worker, we gotta just sit there and, and say, how can we even live our own lives personally better? Um, I know if you're a first responder, if you're working at a store, you might say, "Why well, I got no other option." But maybe if you're frustrated about that, you say, "Hey, is there something different I could do?" You know, even if you're in customer services, at home opportunities and stuff like that. I, it, it just, I, I think it's a good chance of just resetting. And I know it sinks. I know I'm sounding like Mr. Optimist, like, yay, COVID's great. We can change our lives. It sucks. And believe me, you probably see that in my face sometimes when, you know, I come here and we do the podcast each day. But you got to look at it from a positive angle and you got to look at it and say, hey, no matter when we see these tough stories, which stinks, especially when we work at Polaris now, how do we look ahead? And I mean, that's my philosophy in this life is, yeah, let's figure out the news of the day on COVID, but how we plan six months ahead and say, how can I make the best choices for my family moving forward and stuff like that? Yeah, so there's a lot to digest with the, the pandemic and things are going to be back to normal at some point, but they're probably never going to be back to where they were, you know, a month before COVID or whatever you want to say, because People just, it's its a struggle to survive for a lot of businesses, not just small businesses. Now, big businesses are, are taking the hit. And, you know, here you have a shopping center in, in Columbus that for all, you know, for all intent and purposes, probably been doing just fine up until COVID. Then all of a sudden, you know, they take a huge loss because, you know, they had to reduce store hours or shut down or whatever it may be, or people just don't want to go out. And then that hurts them. So it's, you know, bars and restaurants are the same thing. It just, it's going to be, it's probably never going to be the same. What what a tough time to be in business. I mean, good night, maybe 10 years ago, if you own big buildings or you're like, man, this is gold mine. I'm just printing money. It, it, it's hard now. Yep. I mean, and again, sorry we always bring this back to journalism, but that's who we are, what we do. That's our business. But, you know, I, I look at buildings. You know, <laughs> we used to look at it and say, well, what if they sold buildings in the newspaper? Well, they're just trying to save money. Now we're looking at it saying, you know, for the past year, we've done news each day at our homes. Does it not just make financial sense, but more sense for what we do? So it, it just every aspect of society, from business, everything else, you just take a reset and just saying what works best. And again, I, it sucks. COVID sucks. I don't like COVID, but, you know, it, it can become a good thing. So. I, I know. I'm, I'm thinking about title of this episode. Maybe just relax and look forward. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, but it's frustrating. And, and you know, to, to take Mike DeWine to task, and Craig, you did a good job explaining kind of his mindset. But you saw a little frustration last Friday when he was in disagreement with the school districts. And I kind of look at it and say, yeah, he's a right to be frustrated. He's showing his humanity, human emotions. But even from the government side, just Let's just take it easy. We're going to have tough days. Let's just take it easy and, and kind of make it run, make it yeah. work. So I'm way too positive. Today. I, I got to get a little. <laughs> what is what is your deal? It's Tuesday. How, how are you this positive, you know? Well, Wednesday, right? 
Is it Wednesday? Oh, yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's the, Wednesday. The, the days are molding together. I, I don't there's know what be, day it is now. Yeah. There's, there's going to be one day coming up on Saturday. So now we'll be hauling going, where are you guys? Let's do the podcast. You know, like it's Saturday. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. You know, like I'm losing track of what the days are anymore. It, it's tough. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit of fun stories. We're the Ohioan. Obviously, we focus on Ohio stories. But there's some stories that kind of made me chuckle. Craig, I want we, we got to kind of delve into this a little bit. So there's a guy, and let's find out where he's from. So there's some people are, are sperm donors, and I feel weird saying that, but they are. And I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything morally wrong with donating your sper- sperm. I guess it could be a good thing because, hey, there's some woman out there that can't have children of their own for whatever reason. So you're providing a service. So I don't want to make it these guys out to be heroes or martyrs, but I don't think they're evil either. I mean, you know, hey, it's a choice you make in everything. So this dad sold his sperm 500 times, which is kind of crazy, Craig. Yeah. Uh, and they're from Oregon, okay? So uh, so there's a guy named Zave Fords. He's from Portland, Oregon. And he's flabbergasted when he realized his brother was at the same school as him after taking a, a DNA test. So, you know, you never know. You know, families are, you know, you might have a loved one or, or someone that you never knew about. And, you know, hey, if your dad sold his sperm, you know, that is your brother technically, right? Yeah, yeah I guess so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I- this is weird. It's a weird story all the way around, but uh, yeah. So, so again, I, I, I don't think about people who sell their sperm a lot. So that's why I'm a little bit hesitant in, in sharing this. I don't know if there's anything dramatically wrong about what the dad did, but like anything, what you do, even if it's right and if it's not a problem, obviously it has an effect on your family. You know what I mean? Like you make a choice that it might be right, but hey, it could affect your wife and everything else. Maybe not in a bad way, but it has an impact. Maybe so you know the son apparently this was like a biological son that you know knew his dad, knew the mom or whatever the case might be. So so he gets so he's flabbergasted because he's at school, he finds out, man, this is my brother. Uh, it was a from a sperm donor. That my dad had. So he starts talking and he finds out his dad, um, you know, donated his sperm 500 times. Now, I don't know. Craig, I don't think you've done stories on sperm donors. I don't think I've read those from no. you. I, but I don't know how unusual 500 would be. I mean, it sounds like a lot. I don't know. Maybe that's common. But, you know, 500 seems like a lot. Well, so the son is freaked out a little bit right now because, hey, he's on dating sites. He's sharing his information. He wants to get his name out there. Hey, if you're single, hey, go for it. You know, hey, get your name out there. Get somebody. But if he's like, man, if I met my brother from a sperm donor, what's the chance if I meet this special lady or guy or whoever he's interested in that that might be my my family, which – Obviously, you don't want to hook up with somebody that's you're related to. I, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a fascinating story. Yeah, you almost wonder if, uh, you know, like he said in the story here, that it's kind of ruined his dating life because he's he's kind of afraid now to even meet anybody. 
you kind of wonder now if you do meet someone if before you you know decide to to go to that next step you, you might have to do a dna test just to make sure i mean that's it'd be mortifying because first of all you you don't know what you're getting involved in and second of all you've got to try to coax this man or woman or whatever you're interested in to getting a dna test to ensure that you're not related so that way if something does happen it's not that so uh, this is this has got to be I mean, you, you feel bad for the guy because he had no control over this, and now all of a sudden he's, you know, he's got to deal with the, the fallout from it. He had – okay, so the dad – I guess they could track this. Um, you know, he did the research on Ancestry.com, and, you know, he found out that um, it was hundreds of times over a 10-year period, and he had an estimated 50 kids. So that's what they were able to find out. He was able to track down eight of his siblings – but he doesn't know how many brothers and sisters he has. It's working fears he may have sex with a relative. Well, hey, I hate to be more on you. Why don't you get married? That might help you. You don't have to worry about that. But I don't want to get all more on you guys. But I guess the other thing that would be kind of confusing is, well, that's got to be a hard first date. You know, and I, I'm sure I failed at this. Some of my other first dates, you get talking, you ask a weird question. And, you know, the person you're dating is like, oh, I don't know about this anymore. And, and it ends with one date. How do you address that on the first date? I mean, there's awkward questions you can ask. You can say, you know, maybe mention some weird story that they're freaked out about or anything. But, man, how do you say, oh, by the way, do you know who your dad was? What happens if the girl's like, yeah, I'm a sperm donor? <laughs> they say, all right, we got to we got to rush to get you checked out. That's an awkward <laughs> first date. I guess I guess you could maybe approach that in a different way, like, oh, tell me about your family or, you know, where it's something that you would probably want to know anyway, but then it would also give you the answer that you're seeking, like, oh, tell me about your parents or, you know, whatever. And then if she says, oh, I'm a sperm donor, baby, then you probably, well, then he would probably sweat buckets and, you know, would be a little nervous. But if she's like, oh, yeah, my dad is this and my mom is this or whatever it may be and you know, maybe that would probably be able to put it more at ease right away. But, um, you know, that seems like a pretty logical question that you'd ask someone on the first date while still not really prying into why you're asking it, I guess, even though you may want to just put the cards on the table and say, well, I ask because I've got a funny story for you. Yeah. And, you know, you can go on into this, you know, I may have like 50 siblings and I'm, you know, now I don't know if all the siblings are like, you know, relegated to this area that he's in or yeah. he doesn't really know. I mean, maybe he could, you know, go somewhere else and, and find a, a date or something that knowing that his dad's sperm did not reach the uh, additional borders there in Europe. Well, I guess, obviously, you don't want to hook up with relative. I mean, thinking about that, you know, you're just like, oh, I don't want to do that. I, and I understand his concern. Portland's not a small town. I mean, maybe if you're living in, like, Idaho in a small village of 10 people, yeah, I would really be sweating buckets. But yeah. is he a little bit too paranoid? Because you're right. Not everyone had to stay in Portland. Maybe they moved across the country, whatever yeah. the case might be. I mean, is the guy a little bit too paranoid? He's probably a little too paranoid, but I can understand that, not knowing. It, because even though it's only 50, it's just the unknown, though. It's like... If he goes over to like, you know, Europe or something, he probably doesn't have to worry about it. But, 
you know, if he's in Portland and he stays there and that's where he knows where all these 50 people could be, it could be anybody. So that's why, you know, swiping on Tinder and, and getting a date may be, you know, the height of his paranoia. So I, I can understand why he may be taking it a little bit too far, but I can understand from his perspective that e even if it's just five, you just don't know. And, you know, knowing that bad luck, maybe you might find the wrong person and all of a sudden you're with your sister or whatever. Yeah, it's just so weird. It's got to be tough. I understand the guy's frustrations. I'm not saying he's way out of line, yeah. but. Maybe he can move to, like, you know, California or who knows? I mean, and then you never know, like, where these, I'm assuming, I don't know if sperm banks, like, you know, just send out the the sperm where it's needed or if it stays in the area or what but you know it's like where do you move can you i guess you'd have to move to like europe or you know russia or something to, to ensure that you're maybe not going to have any problems like that well and this is awkward i'm just brainstorming here so don't even listen to this and go oh my goodness he's weird okay it would be very strange if you fell in love with your sister and you married your sister, okay? You're probably living with them growing up. You know it's your sister. It would be very weird, okay? It would be very weird if you fell in love with your cousin that, you know, you saw three times a year at reunions and whatever. This is someone you never knew before. Why don't you take the chance if you're related? Yeah, it's kind of weird, but it's not like, you know. Well... Uh, I, I think your 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 bigger is your point then the fact that well you know those people so it would be more awkward whereas if you don't know this person and you may be related it's more of like it shouldn't be as awkward because you don't know who they are you don't know you you didn't grow up with them you never saw them it would just be like a normal you met someone you dated whatever it may be right is that kind of what you're you're saying you're saying I, I'm brainstorming the idea because yeah if I found out that they were related. Yeah, I would freak out, but I, I boy, I, I, think, I don't know. I think that's his problem is that, you yeah. know, you, you meet a random stranger and you assume that they're a random stranger that you don't know. And even though you do not know them, if you were to find out like, hey, I'm your long lost sister. And let's say that you, you fell in love and you wanted to get married and have children. And, and maybe that could be, you know, having, you know, being related could have an impact on children and just DNA and things like that. I think that's probably what his fear is, is that he's going to want to, you know, settle down with someone. And all of a sudden, you know, he finds out they're a relative. And even though there's no like connection necessarily, it's still the same DNA. And I think that's his, that's got to be his fear. Well, and I'm guessing with parental rights, like it's not like the kid can sue for child support, right? I mean, I think the understanding is if you donate sperm, there's no child support in the future or anything else like that, right? And it's got to be that way. I would imagine. Not, why would you donate sperm, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. I, I would imagine there's no, like, you know, connection. Like, you may be told if you want to be told that, hey, you know, your sperm has, you know, fathered, like, you know, 10 children, 50 children, whatever, maybe you're told about that. And maybe you're even, you know, can access the people, the kids, if you want. I don't know if that's, if that's part of it or not. Uh, but I'm sure they're, they probably tell you like, Hey, you've had 20 girls or 25 boys, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, I, I can't imagine you'd be, uh, you know, on the hook for any kind of like support of any kind. Well, it, 
it looks like the guy fell out of touch with his dad. I mean, from the way the story is written. Yeah. But I, I kind of wonder, maybe that should be a requirement. Like, if you donate sperm, you at least have access to who these people are. Maybe you don't have their addresses or social security numbers or something. But yeah. wouldn't you like to know who that is? There, mean, has to, there has to be a yeah. record system. Like, I would imagine that in this case, this guy could probably call. Now, hopefully it's contained to one sperm bank and he didn't go to like all over the place because then you'd have a hard time tracking stuff down. But like, let's say he went to the same sperm bank for 10 years or whatever it was, or, you know, and donated the 500 times, like, you know, maybe they can say, well, Hey, I need a list of, uh, I don't need names and I don't need social security numbers. I don't need addresses, but you know, just give me names or ages or something of these people that he, you know, that the donation ended up, you know, fathering because <laughs> at that point it'd probably put his mind more at ease knowing he could go through a master list of names and say oh well that person's name's not on the list so this person's fine i got wondered too and again i haven't thought that much about being a sperm donor i'm just free ball here you gotta wonder okay take yourself out of this kid's name who's afraid he's gonna sleep with you know a brother or sister from the past what if you're the parent okay so you donate your sperm I don't think you have access to even names of these people. But what happens, say you're 65, you're watching TV one day, we elect a 40-year-old U.S. president, and they're like, you know, hey, tell me about your upbringing. And the U.S. president's like, yeah, I was a sperm donor baby. Wouldn't that kind of freak you out if you're 65 going, holy crap, I could be the dad of a president. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's got to stick in your mind going like, man, I wonder who my kids are. And not that your kids are definitely the president of the United States, but you wonder, man, I wonder how their lives are going. Are they a professor? Are they a criminal? Are they on the streets? So, you, you know, you always wonder about that. And I guess it's not some, something that everyone commonly shares, you know. <laughs> not a lot of people are sharing on social media or in news stories, hey, I'm a sperm baby or whatever. But it, it just, I don't know. I found that fascinating. Maybe I haven't thought about it that much. But, you know, there's a, there's, kind of crazy. as we talked about this, I was reminded of a movie um, called Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn. It came out in 2013. So he's like this underachiever guy that has actually fathered 533 children through this synonymous donation uh, like 20 years ago. So there was a mix-up that I guess it just got used and 533 children. So then um, you know, I guess throughout the movie, he decides whether or not to come forward when he was uh, a lawsuit was filed by like 142 of them to reveal his identity. So I didn't really, I don't remember seeing the movie, but I think he goes on like a, 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 you know, like a quest to try to find these kids or meet up with them and get to know them a little bit, maybe. Uh, so that's, uh, that's an extreme amount, 533, but I wonder if this, uh, you know, I wonder if this is more common than we think, and that's why a movie like this happened. Very interesting. I, I don't know. So let's know what you think. Um, I don't know if I want to interview a ton of sperm <laughs> donors, but <laughs> hey, if you got a story, share with me. I, I'm intrigued. I, yeah. I, I hate mentioning this because I'm going to be grossed out. I'm sure if I hear from people, but hey, l- let me know. I, I don't know. It just kind of uh, struck me odd. Well, let's quickly talk about this before we go. Um, the Daily Mail, man, Craig, you get the best stories. I, I'm like, I, we're going to UK st- papers a lot, but there's a TikTok user named Gloria, and I'm trying to put my hands around this story. Here's another weird one. Um, they think she's from the US, but they're not sure where she's from. 
Uh, she's got 4.4 million views for a hilarious video, they say. Um, her husband, I guess, loves Instagram. Her husband loves the Instagram models, you know, the, the ladies who post provocative pictures. Hmm. Well, she decided, and it's not clear if it's a, I can't believe you're looking at a woman on Instagram, or if it's like, hey, let me do something nice to support my husband or whatever. We're not sure where it's at. They call her Penny Gloria. Her name's Gloria. We're not sure if it's a, I'm angry at my husband, or you go, husband, Here, here's a gift. She printed out pictures of the Instagram girls that he likes. So you like a post. She's printing that out. And everything. Now, I come from a religious background. I could sit here and preach you guys for four hours where if you're in a committed relationship, you shouldn't be liking Instagram girls. I'm not going to go there because, hey, we've all struggled in the past. Not, not going to throw stones. I guess here's the thing I have. I think about this sometimes, and, and we're made to enjoy things. We're made to waste our time. We don't have to spend 100% of our time on productive behavior. But, you know, we were bragging about Twitch, and I'm like, man, I'm going to spend some more time on Twitch doing video games. Is that the best use of my time? I don't know. If I tracked how much time I spent on video games, I'd probably be horrified. I'd probably be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I spent all this time on doing this type of stuff. I kind of wonder... If your spouse tracks all the girls you're liking on Instagram, and there's hundreds and hundreds of, of girls, if you think you're right, if you think you're wrong, whatever you think you are, does it kind of send a message about what you're spending your time on? I, I, don't know. I guess that's what I'm thinking. Even if you feel there's nothing wrong with it, I'm not going to judge you. I, I don't know. I, I kind of think about that when people identify that in time. Does that you know make you kind of question some things like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I can agree with that. I mean, I spend most of my Instagram and other social media on, like, you know, cute dogs or funny videos or whatever. And, you know, uh, you know, to each his own. Um, obviously, she tracked it and decided to, to seek some revenge. I don't know that they're not still together or whatever with, with Gloria here, but uh, I can see why she would be upset about it, you know, because, again, it maybe gets back to, you know, you can get on Instagram and spend your time liking other other people's photos, but I'm your wife, you know, like me, you know, so huh. I can see why she'd be upset about it. And, you know, I will admit that this is a pretty unique, uh, um, you know, a, a pretty unique gift, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's printed photos. I think they put them on sticks, so you can kind of... Yeah, pull them like, a little bouquet. yeah. <laughs> like a bouquet of <laughs> flowers, although it's it's not... What a surprise for the, the It's husband. funny, though, that she was branded the queen of petty. I don't know that I would call her petty because, you know, I don't think this this seems like a little or trivial type thing to her, you know, that her husband or, you know, her, her husband's liking these photos. I don't think it's to her. It doesn't seem trivial. And I can see why. I mean, it may be petty for, you know, sound petty to other people, but I don't. I don't think it'd be petty. I don't. I don't know why. You know. Yeah. I guess you want to call her something. So you know, the queen of petty, whatever. But I don't know. I don't think. It, I don't think it's petty that she did it. I mean, you know, she was upset for obvious reasons, and you know, maybe she didn't have to post it on TikTok or whatever. But you know, she did what she did to, to seek out her revenge, and well, you know, there's arguments to be made too that maybe she was 
like high five them because you know there's some relationships out there where they're like, hey, have your own time, do whatever you want, look at whatever you want. Hey, you've got me. You know, it's not like you're going to start dating these Instagram models. I mean, I, I don't know how they shape their relationship. But again, I, I've got my own personal feelings about what you should or shouldn't do, but I'm not going to sit here and preach at people because who knows? Who knows what's going on in that relationship? I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's very interesting to me. I, I guess what I'm thinking, and you, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, Craig, it, you've got to enjoy your life. I'm not sitting there going, dog going, you got to create, you got to do good things, you got to relax sometimes. And again, I'm not sure if like Instagram girls is the best way of relaxing. <laughs> again, not judging or anything, yeah. but but I just kind of look at it and whatever you evaluate relaxation time on, if it's hundreds of Instagram girls or if it's hundreds of hours in Madden or, or you know, playing video games or if it's hundreds of hours or whatever, I, I don't know. I, I, I went back and forth. There's a podcast that I like that was talking one day saying, I want to create. I don't want to just sit here and, you know, do other things. Like, you know, embrace what other people are creating. I want to create myself. And I think we've done that. Jeez, we're coming out with, what, five hours of unique podcast material we, we are creating. I, I think it's okay to just relax and, and enjoy stuff. I don't know. I kind of read that story. I'm thinking, man, I'm not liking hundreds of Instagram girls, but what makes me better if I'm hiding from my family playing hours of Madden instead of hanging out with family? You know, sometimes I, yeah. I kind of question myself sometimes with that. And yeah, I'm not in love with the Madden figures. I'm not leaving my family over, but am I making the best choices sometimes? So right, well, feel- everybody has their their things that they go to, whether it's video games or you know it's writing or movies or or whatever. Maybe liking Instagram models is this guy's you know thing to do, I suppose. But yeah, you're right. You know, you've got to. You know, evaluate what you're doing and see if it's the it's the right thing to do. Sometimes people just want to kind of vegetate and not really worry about things. And you know, playing video games can be a fun outlet, or watching a movie or a show or whatever. But you know, in this case, you know, maybe he went in a different direction that he probably shouldn't have. But again, it's up to him. And and maybe his wife is just having fun with it, just knowing that you can get a ton of TikTok followers and start monetizing your social media. Then. Maybe that's why she's doing it. I don't know that that's the case, but, you know, you never know. Maybe she doesn't care, and maybe she's using this as a way to to sort of monetize what they're, you know, what she's doing on TikTok. She has 4 million views, so, or likes, so, so clearly it's, you know, going to resonate a little bit. So who knows? Maybe it was just, you know, uh, having a little fun with it at his, his expense there. Definitely, definitely. All right. Lots of stuff going on, man. You know, not just from Ohio, but from the strange world of UK. Man, I, I will work for UK paper sometime. <laughs> they always get the interesting stories. I don't know how they do it, so it's very interesting. Uh, let's close up a little bit. Um, like I said, uh, just going for our sponsors, you know, Chase Bank, you know, you might be like, man, what am I doing for the last 55 minutes? Well, we can pay you. Uh, here's how. Uh, go to Chase Link. Sign for account with Chase, do direct deposit, you get 200 bucks. Simple as that. Um, also, try Mainly Man Company. Again, the guy in your life is a friend, husband, boyfriend, cousin, boss, whatever it might be. A Mainly Man Company. Click on the link. All kinds of unique gifts 
uh, bouquets of bacon, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, definitely check it out. And hey, one indoors uh, Dropbox, like I said before, great way of, of storing your content. And again, if you look at viewfromthepew.club, and again, you might be catching this on Stitcher or Spotify, um, just click on our viewfromthepew.club link. We have contests every day. You can enter in a bunch of different contests. Um, we just get credit for if you enter in the contest. So check out lots of fun things to do, fun ways to hang out. Um, I think we talked about Titanic 2. Uh, if you want to check it out on YouTube, I'll put a link here on this podcast. Check it out. And again, we're going to be strapped in time. So we have a voicemail box that will set. It's already set up for you. If you want to leave a link or a comment on what you think about Titanic 2, we'll try to get to as many of those as possible for the show. Man, what a day, Craig. So I, I have not received a phone call. I'm checking it live from my school. So I think we might be having school today. Do you know if any schools in Fremont got called off? I have not. I actually, they were, um, they were, I think on a delay, maybe they might've called off, but we got a, I think we got a notification yesterday. I get it on my work phone, but I, I don't really remember checking to see whether it was canceled or delayed, but, um, uh, so yeah, we will have something here in this area, but, uh, you know, actually the roads, you know, by the afternoon yesterday, the roads didn't look that bad, even by my area, which is actually funny because my area usually doesn't get plowed. So I thought to myself, well, if our roads look clear, then every other road probably needs to be is probably pretty clear too in the area. And, um, you know, so I was I, getting out of the driveway would have been impossible and getting, you know, down the sidewalk would have been impossible where I live, but, um, yeah, actually, no, Fremont City Schools is going to school today. It was the thing they sent out was about meal distribution. So there you go. School school happening around the area. And I would imagine that's true in Columbus. I guess I'll find the next few minutes. But I guess it's going to close. It's going to be closed by now. So, yeah, thanks yeah. for checking out to Ohioan. Um, you all have a, a great day. Um, I got a text thing going on, so you might hear a noise as we close up the show. Disregard that, but have a great day. and. Thank, thank you so much for checking out the Ohio.